0: Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast, a podcast where we focus on real issues and have real talk and as always, provide a biblical perspective. We hope that you will be blessed as you listen.
1: Hello and welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast. This is the Amazing Truth Minute. This
0: is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The
2: Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at The Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk.
1: For The Amazing Truth Minute today, we'll focus on Psalms 145 and verse 5. And it says, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and and on your wondrous works. See, friends, our thought life is important, so it's not surprising that the Bible has a lot to say about managing our minds. For better or worse, the things we think about influence our lives. Our minds are seldom quiet. We are always thinking about something. The good news is we have the ability to choose what we dwell, we dwell on. King David resolved that he would think, think about or meditate on the Lord's majesty and wondrous works. See, friends, to meditate on something means to turn it over and over in our mind, contemplating the topic from several different angles. Practically speaking, if we know how to worry, we already know how to meditate. But unlike worry, meditation has the potential to direct our thoughts onto the positive aspects of God's nature and power. When we meditate on all the ways God has worked on our behalf, it will stir our faith and increase our confidence that he will come through for us in the future. And that is The Amazing Truth Minute.
0: This is The Amazing Truth
2: Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at The Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk.
0: All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome back, our listeners, our viewers. Uh, it's fortunate that you're joining, up, but it's unfortunate that I'm getting to sit with Kenan again. But uh, uh-huh. why not? <laughs> you know, why not? Why not? Why not? Kenan, it's good to see you. Good to see you. That, that is <laughs> you see,
1: that's one. That's your way of saying you you enjoy this. I enjoy you this. So, you you, you this. think yeah,
0: so? I, I, yeah, I know. Don't, so. don't tempt me to go there because I enjoy let's, more. Let's <laughs> focus <laughs> on the podcast. Let's focus <laughs> on brought us here. Right. Today, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> listeners. Um, but you know, it's always. A joy to be back, Ken, and, and just yes. to to have these mics and just share our hearts and our stories. Yeah, the one thing that we miss is the the and uh, you know the fact that we used to unveil our guests. Yeah, you know with video now we just get to see them, yeah. but today cool. we are graced to the special person. Hey, Jesus, I, I've I've known her for so long okay. that I. But we lost touch, so I'm excited to connect again, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so today we are graced with our sister. I'm not gonna say her name because I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I want to save the best for her. Yeah. And this topic, why are you looking forward to it, Kenan? Before we bring our guest, I'm, I'm looking forward. <laughs> to uh, Which topic? What is the topic? Okay. <laughs> That's the reason I started laughing. Why are you looking no, for it? I'm, I'm, I'm
1: excited because I think, as, as you've said in the last three podcasts, we've <laughs> said, this is it's us researching, it's <laughs> us studying, it's uh-huh. us learning. Mm-hmm. So, this time we say we're not going to read, <laughs> we'll bring a live like, teacher to live. Teach teach <laughs>
0: <practice. laughs> and listen, listen, as viewers, if I'm you, I'm not moving. Uh-uh, I'm not, not moving because today we're about to touch on some serious issues. We, when you look at statistics, you hear things about deaths that happen in the hospitals, especially during maternal health. And things like those. If you think about the the world we're living in, raising children can be tricky, can be hard. Uh, when you think about you know society as a whole, man, it's just a messed up society we live in. Gun violence, kids with guns, and so our guest today will be tackling how she's navigating that realm of parenting. And uh, but before then, she will tell us how she got to that journey, mm-hmm. and and not only that, her own experience that that is powerful. You know, the, people can argue with your theology, your knowledge, but they can with the experience that's true and so there's a beautiful experience of maternal health uh homeschooling and and all these mm-hmm. where kenan and i have no expertise <laughs> on so we're yeah. here I, you know one,
1: one thing i have expertise on uh-huh. is
0: researching uh, <laughs> you call yourself a researcher uh, no i'm a google okay.
1: that's what i thought the, <laughs> citation. The, yeah, the, I, let, let's i think we we should just before we frame the statistics guest. and then we bring just the from the study so one of the topics we'll talk about is maternal mental health yes And homeschooling. Yes. No, But we'll focus more on the journey Mm -hmm. and then build into that. But some quick facts about maternal mental health. Less than 15% of women diagnosed with a maternal mental health disorder receive treatment Mm. with increased demand and barriers to mental health because of the pandemic. This Mm. is 2020. Post-pandemic. One in five women on average suffer from maternal mental health disorders. Mm -hmm. One in five women on average suffer from... Uh, maternal mental health disorder. Up to fifty percent of women living in poverty will suffer from maternal mental health disorder. So just Google Google that. Yeah. For for you to to get that there's a lot of, you know, different uh different ailments, different what they you know what we this women focus and mostly uh, women of color That's suffer that suffer most. You exactly. know, why? is it's harder for them to get resources and seek help for that. So
0: this is exciting, Ezra. Thank you so much for your wisdom and knowledge of yes. Googling. Yes. So <laughs> we now come to the real experience. So uh we want to introduce our guest here. Just tell us your name. Tell us why you're passionate about this. What what made you want to just share your story? And then after that, we'll start back and rewind, pause, rewind, and get to know you a little bit. So uh just say your name and uh, why you chose to be here today and why these two topics that you are going to be walking us through this journey, are passion- you're passionate about them. So that in case anybody misses, yeah mm-hmm. they will have taken something away
2: yeah mm. well i am excited to be here to share my story to share my journey um <clears throat> but i i think for two different reasons um sharing my maternal mental health journey i think the thing that um excites me or motivated me to do that first is because it's something that i haven't shared mm-hmm. in the past mm-hmm. But it's something that I know a lot of women around me have experienced, um, a lot of mothers, um, a lot of parents around me, and it's it's something that I feel like needs to be talked about, mm-hmm. um, and something that I also need to share, just as part of my journey as well. Because you never know who's in the same shoes and who needs to know that they are not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, when it comes to homeschooling, I've <laughs> in the recent past, I've had a few people come up to me and mm-hmm. ask me if why mm-hmm. I haven't shared on that or why. Mm-hmm. Just people curious about our journey our reasons into homeschooling. So for two different reasons. Um, just that it's something that, first of all, even for myself, I don't think I've run into a lot of people in our community mm-hmm. that do homeschool, that look like us, um, and it could it could be that there's people out there that do it, but mm-hmm. they also maybe might be assuming that there's not a no, lot of guess, other people yeah. that do it. Mm-hmm. So just also sharing that to help build community mm-hmm. around homeschooling to help share information to anyone that might be curious about it. Um, yeah, so that those are the main reasons that I. Wanted to share. Yes, right. Yes,
1: you know when the when the pandemic hit, <laughs> I, I homeschooled. I already knew where you're going with that. <laughs> I, it was not fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm glad your kids survived. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that they survived. But, and and, the,
1: and the, the reason I'm saying
0: this is once
1: we talk about all this, mm-hmm. is it's not for some things are not for everybody. Yes. Right? But if you feel you resonate with it, mm-hmm. you know, f- reach mm-hmm. out and do the do your research. But for for me, <laughs> I think I probably do it. <laughs> What <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> yeah. lose your
0: kids. yeah <laughs> you know yeah, so. but but you see that's the beauty about this yeah. maybe mm. you didn't have that support system of sure. how to do it maybe right. you didn't have yeah, the resources yeah, yeah. how yeah. to do it yeah. so maybe with the right you know uh, uh resources and support sure. and education mm-hmm. then it might be something that you might do and excel mm-hmm. uh, yeah the excel is excel, a stretch excel. but no, knows exactly you'll you do excel. excel right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. but 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 the viewers man we're excited about this our guest forgot to say one thing and that was oh, her name goodness. her name is
2: yeah, my my name is Nancy.
0: Uh, yes, and Kinara
2: uh, Nyabuti. I uh, I, sw- I change my name. A lot of people know me as Nancy Kinara, but uh, I go by Nancy, uh, Nancy Nyabuti.
0: Nancy is a mother of how many?
2: I am a mother of four. Mm-hmm. Um, should I say their ages? It's up to you. Uh, it's your story. I am a mother of four. I have three boys, um 16, 8, almost 6 and a 2-year-old girl. 16, 8
0: Six. 6 and 2 sure. years. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all that's teenage. I have, I every, we have every every stage. A, every I have Everything. We oh, have everything. We have a teen, wow,
2: wow. a preteen, a toddler, graduating toddler. Toddler. Uh-huh. And I knew Todd. See how she makes it sound <laughs> nice. Great I know, man. right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the beauty of this podcast today is we have a female voice yeah. that yeah. is going to put sense into us <laughs> <laughs> as we go through this conversation. So we, we appreciate you, Nancy, uh, yeah. and uh, we're, we're definitely excited, honestly, to hear your journey. So before we get to meet your lovely family and the lovely journey of of homeschooling and maternal mental health journey, tell us a little bit about who's Nancy, where was Nancy born and uh, you know how was it growing up for you?
2: Yeah. Um, I was born in Kisi, Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up most of my childhood into my early teenage years I spent in Kisi mm-hmm. um, and then we relocated when I was about 14, either 14, 15 um, and moved. My dad was already in Minnesota so okay. we moved um, to Minnesota. I want to say typical in my grand journey, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I know it's not typical it's not for typical everybody. For, yeah, that's right. um, but my, my dad was already here. My mom got a green card. And so we were able to move. Three of my siblings moved. Two of my older siblings stayed back home because they were more, uh, over the age of 21. Um, and so we moved here, joined my dad. That that was a transition. I don't mm. know how much of it we yeah, want to go jolly, into it's it, easy. but um, just the age that we moved here was, um, you know, I was a, a newly teen. teen yeah. Um. So trying, it was such a, a weird and interesting stage to move because mm-hmm. I was in the process of just growing and discovering myself. Mm-hmm. And so, moving to a whole new place, um, to a whole new school, we moved into Iden Hills. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it wasn't as diverse <laughs> as mm-hmm. it might be mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there was two of us, I think, wow. two black students. Yeah, one was Ghanaian, and me wow. <laughs> in the school. Um, so it was it was interesting. A lot of loneliness, mm-hmm. um, a lot of isolation, mm-hmm. a lot of just questioning where I belong, what, um, just, yeah, trying to figure a lot of things out while still growing and going through, you know, the hormones of growing, of being an adolescent and being a teenager. Um, my parents, again, I want to say typical <laughs> story. My parents were busy working immigrants, you know, they had other kids back home who were in college and, They had us here, so trying their best to work and provide for everybody. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of, I spent a lot of time by Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. Um, My older siblings were also working. So I was home alone most of the time. Um, Yeah, just a lot of, I remember that season of my life just being very lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, very reflective um, because I had a lot of quiet time to reflect um, and then I ended up graduating from uh, Mountsview High School. During the time that I was there, I was able to get connected to um, what do you call it PSEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Again, that's a whole a whole topic in itself, yeah. mm-hmm. just the. <laughs> the Challenges in just advocating for myself academically
0: for the sake of Kenan, what's PCO? What's <laughs> <PCR>? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so thank you very much. What is PCO? PCO is P-S-E-O P-S-E-O, yeah. okay. so
2: that's post secondary education. Yeah, I don't know what oh, I don't know what the O stands yeah. for, honestly, and I don't know if that's the right way, but <laughs> yeah. essentially, yeah. it's where you can do high school, um, college credits while in okay. high school.
1: Okay, yeah, I never what, did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's why I So, question, I mean, you said, yeah. you've, you've mentioned um, loneliness. Mm. Yeah. Um, but what did you expect aside to from the loneliness? I mean, what did you expect Coming in terms here, of, yeah. Mm.
2: I, I mean, I had, I think we all do when we leave home. We mm-hmm. expect to come to this place that's, um, almost like heaven on earth, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's the states. It's the land of opportunity. It's um, you get to be yourself. You're. I think even the acceptance piece, I don't know if it's even talked about, but we come here expecting that that's, you know, naturally we're going to be accepted. And, um, yeah, it was the opposite of that. <laughs> it was very much, you know, it's like, well, I, I couldn't find a space where I fit in. Um, I think the first conversation actually that my dad had with us, with all the three of us, my siblings and I, when we landed was just on how we needed to, almost like the reality of mm-hmm. this, what it's like to live here. Um, and what he essentially said was, you know, y- you just need to focus on your education. You need to pretty much block out the entire world <laughs> and just focus on your academics and just don't get in trouble. Um, all the right things. Mm-hmm. But I think being at that age, yeah. it's like, well, we came, you know, we came here expecting to just be ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was very... Yeah, I think the expectation and the reality definitely didn't match. Um, uh, Yeah, and now having, I mean, my son is 16, so having a teen, I can see how, because that's such a, it's such a tricky age to navigate all those changes, and I definitely do remember that being very tricky. Um,
0: so, so walk, walk walk us back a little bit. Mm-hmm. During this time of transition, there's yeah. loneliness. Mm-hmm. Are you naturally an introvert or extrovert? Oh
2: goodness, I would say naturally I'm an introvert. Okay, so.
0: Yeah, what does your support system look like? Like, how do you navigate that phase of life as loneliness. a teenager? There's a young person who's probably going through that journey right now. There's mm-hmm. a parent who's listening to these, and they have a child who's navigating that. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- when you think back in retrospect, what do you tell the younger Nancy yourself at 16, at 14, and you're dealing with that loneliness? How did you navigate that?
2: Um, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I navigated it in the most healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I could have gone to my parents. I could have expressed that I was lonely. Um, but again, being an immigrant, a child of immigrants, you see how much your parents are struggling to provide, to meet the basic needs. And I think emotions and feelings almost become secondary to, <laughs> to basic needs. It's like, you know, they, they already have a lot on their shoulders. Um, and so I didn't always lean on them or express what I was feeling or what I was going through. I did try to reach out to my school counselor who connected me to another. Um, it was the only black teacher that was at the school, um, and I want to say that that was a really, it was something that I needed. It was a, a support system around school that I needed. Because um, oftentimes there were times that I would just, gosh, if my son listens to this <laughs> episode, I'm going to be in a large <laughs> show
0: <laughs>
2: because we're going through this, skipping class. Um, there were times, but for good reason. Yeah. Um, there were times that I would just, yeah, just... In the bathroom, because mm. I just I didn't want to go into the classroom and feel out of place and feel, um, yeah, it was, it was it was it was a lonely and difficult time. But that having that teacher and that support system in the school provided a space where I could go. Me and the other black students who were there, we could go into his office. We could connect with each other and share. It was almost like we started building a support system with each other. Um, and he offered that space to us. I'm, I'm not saying that it was probably the I, I, I missed a lot of classes. <laughs> and it came back to by me. I had to do... Um, I had to take some detention hours to make up for the classes. But I feel like looking back, I would say I would honestly give myself grace for it. Mm -hmm. I would say that's what I needed at that time for my mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, (coughs) And, yeah, I missed some classes, but I think I, I, I really that support system was important as well to feel like I had other people around me.
1: And it sounds like i think at at a at a, at fourteen mm-hmm. you're navigating a whole new country mm-hmm. a whole new culture yeah. a whole new school system mm-hmm. um first of all you you don't you don't see people that look like like look like you and yeah. then the acceptance space mm-hmm. because as a as as a person <coughs> especially as a child growing up when i when i when my son goes and meets friends the first thing i think the first uh thing that comes to their mind is am i going to be accepted will they play with me will mm. they do this with this? so uh, naturally as immigrants we want we want to fit in yeah. but what i what i think i'm trying to realize now is i don't and i'm teaching people that i'm teaching my my own kids that is that you don't have to be the one trying to fit in mm-hmm. you're, you know you're be at the end of the spectrum. You also have this personality that people need to you know. It's mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the thing. That's it's a very mm-hmm. difficult concept to explain or even to people to understand because first of all you are a minority, mm-hmm. and then you are you are black. You are black boy or a black girl. So getting that acceptance, I think that's if you can navigate. Sorry to say that some people haven't navigated that acceptance piece very well, mm-hmm. and they're going into other things that uh, are not healthy. Yeah. So yeah, it's. I, I I understand I don't yeah. i I can imagine how, how you yeah. feel how, how that was how back that then feels, yeah yeah
2: and I think as a girl too I know as a black boy it probably is different from I mm-hmm. think as a black girl there's also an a self-esteem aspect yeah um because you're coming into... Uh, in my situation, it's a lot of girls did not look like me or mm-hmm. dress like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's again, a lot of, I don't remember ever questioning my hair, uh-huh. my skin well. color, my body type mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. Kenya. But I know I questioned those things once I was here. Mm-hmm. Then you start to even question, you know, what is beauty? beauty. Yeah. What is the standard of beauty? Do I meet those standards of beauty? And um, yeah. So there's a lot of questioning, um and just trying to find again that space where you belong. Yeah. And, and I know now I think the diversity in most schools is better <laughs> than yeah. it was you, you when you I was hope, here. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. hope. Yeah. Um
0: I I mean, I want to believe it's better than it's, back it's back better than, than, than back, back then, back for then. sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 So 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 I'm listening to these and, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, there's a girl, there's a young man out there who's navigating this phase. Mm-hmm. You know, just hope. Be hopeful mm-hmm. and find the support system. For you, it yeah. was a teacher. You know, for, for you, it may be something else. But also parents who may be listening to this, uh-huh. understanding yeah. that that phase is also critical. It is. Just to be mm-hmm. present. And be able to monitor the emotions, the behaviors, yeah. the changes, and have those conversations. Now, that's yeah. a podcast and, and by it. Yeah, Ezra, <laughs> just to add, yeah, that's a but,
1: but as parents, as uh, she mentioned that uh, parents, you know, when she came here, this was education yeah. focus on mm-hmm. this. It's always good for parents to, to listen to what yeah. the kids want and just to, yeah, just to hear them. And I about. think
2: the emotional aspect for parents, again, like you said, Ezra, I think for parents to be available to even keep an eye on yeah. you know you can notice changes yeah. in kids yeah, if you yeah. pay attention yeah. um yeah
0: very interesting topic because um we, we haven't even moved for past 14 you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so now you, you're in high school academically yeah. you you get yourself to pseo which mm-hmm. is you know start taking college credits when you're in high school how does that journey proceed
2: that journey was interesting, and thank God for my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I was coming from Kenya. I mm-hmm. think academically, the system in Kenya is it, it's very challenging. It's it, not in a bad way. It's mm-hmm. you're a little bit ahead. So when I came here, I was at least a grade ahead. Mm-hmm. So when I did most of the tests, I was able to test out of a lot of things. Um, But then for whatever reason, my counselor, when we transferred my credits from when I was back Mm -hmm. home, she gave me um, almost like a satisfactory grade, like almost like a 2.0 instead of (laughs) what I had was straight A's. And I remember my dad, because this essentially was going to affect my college application because my cumulative GPA was going to be affected. And I remember my dad was furious and he came in and talked to her and advocated for me. And that's what kind of led to this door for mm-hmm. PSEO opening mm-hmm. up because mm-hmm. then she was like, oh, I guess, you know, we can transfer the credits. And once they transfer the credits, I'd actually met my graduation oh, requirements
0: wow. Wow.
2: as a junior. Wow. Um, and so that, again, yeah, so there's a whole layer there of, you know, the advocacy piece for parents and, um, yeah, and just doors that ch- kids might – Not necessarily even know that they have access to. But that opened that door. So I was able to take college credits since I'd already been done with my um, high high school school. credits. And so I was in college uh, at least a year early. um, And I ended up getting into the U of M. Um, decided to, I don't know if decided is the right word. <laughs> I was told I had to major in medicine. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. It's usually decided, the question, by who, decided. <laughs> the question uh, is by who. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh-huh.
2: So, yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, I'd always been told that I would be a really good doctor. Mm. So that's what I pursued um, going into my undergraduate But this time, too, there's, again, uh, probably another story for another Mm -hmm. day. But going into college, um, while I was getting accepted into college, I was already pregnant with my son, Mm -hmm. my oldest. Mm -hmm. So I was essentially, I was still in my teens, uh, late teens. um, 18, 17 going, no, actually, yeah, almost 18 Mm. um, going into. So I'm getting my acceptance into college found out that i was pregnant uh, my parents didn't know at that time so i still proceeded to doing my orientation everything that i needed to prep for going into college and there's again
0: yeah, that's that's I can, I, i'm just picturing <laughs> I that phase of life man i'm just picturing yeah.
2: that so i'm I, i'm navigating a lot at this mm. point um and again, that ties back into even me being a teen mom, I think has a lot to do with, again, that loneliness piece mm. um, and maybe coping and my, having a support system, again, that wasn't necessarily the healthiest yeah. um, or finding a support system that wasn't necessarily the healthiest. Um, so I started my freshman year extremely pregnant with my son, um and it was a a really really tough season um of my life um uh, just being not being extremely young and <laughs> you know, i wasn't prepared to be a parent essentially being a single parent being a student being a freshman um and I did, at the U, the U of M, I was able to find a really good support system for student parents. Okay. And we have a student parent group there that really helped just hold my hand and walk me through that first year of transitioning into college as a young mom, as a teen mom, as a single mom. Um, and I had my family support as well. But it's still... It was it was a yeah, it was a hard season. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was not a
0: yeah, no matter how I mean an whatever.
2: easy season yeah. for sure.
0: Whatever. I think just being a mom is a hard. Yeah, that's what I was say, yeah. But when you start talking about teen, teen mom, yeah. Yeah. single mom, African, mm-hmm. stigma, yeah, college. Yeah. Wow.
2: I'd <laughs> like to state that the stigma part was probably the hardest The piece. hardest piece. I right? think for me yeah. that was the hardest piece. Mm-hmm. Being Part of a small community uh-huh. um, where you know how you're perceived is really important, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not just to other people but to your family, to mm-hmm. your parents. You know, a lot of um, your character is perceived as you know people people perceive that as you know what they see is yes, who yes, you yes, are yes. essentially, and so yeah, here I was a teen mom, um, and that's. All I was, was mm-hmm. Nancy, the teen mom, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, and that, yeah, that that was, I think that was the hardest part of my journey. Uh, because my son, my son, my son was a blessing. As young as I was, mm-hmm. he kept me, in a way, he kept me grounded. Mm-hmm. Being a young mom at that age and being in college, um, my priorities had to shift really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... In hindsight, it's like, yeah, he did he did help me stay grounded in the sense that I was able to... I knew that I had to focus solely mm. on school and finish school and not get distracted by a lot of things. But that also meant that I was very, again, going from isolation in high school to being isolated in college mm, yeah. um, mm. and just never really finding that place again where I belong. Because now Mm -hmm. in college, I'm not just an immigrant. You know, there's that diversity piece. It's like now there's other Somali students, Mm -hmm. there's other Kenyan students, but then um, the parent (laughs) students. So again, that piece came kind of full circle. And that's where I feel like my mental health, my maternal mental health, really, I started to really struggle. Um, Mm. I remember having... I had my son. I gave birth to my son on a Friday. Hmm. Um, I, d- I stayed in school the whole time that Friday. I d- I attended class, went into labor, gave birth to him, and I had finals on Monday and Tuesday. Wow! <laughs> so I did show up for my finals. My goodness! With uh, <laughs> brother,
0: with a cold, you don't even go to class. <laughs> 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 we got to be serious yeah. with life. Oh, <laughs> All right. So, so I
2: showed up. I showed up for my finals with a 2-day old baby. My goodness. Um, wow. And yeah. That I think that kind of sums up my <laughs> and That's freshman year. <laughs> that's freshman year. Finishing freshman
1: year. <laughs> um, <right>. So <laughs> before I think <laughs> I think some just to recap. I'm um, so, so some of the themes I think we've had as yes. we sat on these yes, chairs yes, was yes, yes. you know that acceptance, identity, identity, loneliness, loneliness. You know, you know that's I think it's transition. Transitioning. Our I friend
0: Saya talks about transitional coaching, like right. he yeah. does about these the you know
1: some of the things. are Very very identical themes, mm-hmm. but very different uh, realities yes. in terms of the support that people, the guys, the guests were getting and all yeah. that. So yeah. I think it was, bla- it was a blessing that you had that support system, system yeah. So, because yeah. I I think it would have been different. We've
0: we've had yeah. guests here different. who have gone through similar mm-hmm. struggles, but they didn't have the support system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you hear their journey, yeah, not to say that yours is any different, but mm-hmm. but you know you yeah. also you you know you see maybe if they would have had just like one person, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm yeah. still I'm still blown away, it's it, it, I,
1: and it's still and still Nancy's journey would, would still have been hard. Yes. It was mm-hmm. still it hard. was hard. We're not you know, you know we're not yeah. discounting yeah. that yeah. or dis- yeah, but it's still yeah, but it's just supposed. I mean the the themes. That's the yeah, themes we those, the those are the across.
0: things that the stigma stigma was another stigma one. is another yeah. one. So anybody who has sat here where that's struggling, chemical mm-hmm. dependency, substance yeah. abuse, you know, mental health, suicidal thoughts, yeah. international student, whatnot, like these are these things, are, like yeah. identity, stigma, mm-hmm. transitions, all those come into play. And, and and that's
1: why as I know you have very important points. And but but yeah. and that's why we have you sitting here because someone can relate to that that Mm -hmm. story and say, okay, I relate to that. I can resonate with that. Okay, now what was my support? And they can start that introspection of that and
0: see if they can find help if they need to do so. So Nancy, I want to come back because it's your story, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's never about us. It's never about but sometimes we forget. (laughs) 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 Let me me ask this.
2: Yeah.
0: As a teen mom, Mm -hmm. there's a mom right now who's listening to your story. What would you tell her?
2: I tell her, yeah. um
0: just that freshman year that yeah. pregnancy phase that like like just what talk to I the say? younger self,
2: I would say, um it gets really hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but it also gets better, mm-hmm. it gets beautiful, it gets um it's just the seasons will change, mm-hmm. but the growth, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can take that from you. Um, the growth of just growing yourself and growing alongside your child and just looking back on your own journey and your ability to to just walk through that and be able to build this thing, you know, grow this child and bring this child um, to life. I mean, that's God, but yeah. also be able to navigate everything that comes with if we're talking to a single mom, um, a teen mom, the, the, it's, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty. I remember thinking, I, I don't have a job. I'm mm-hmm. a student. Um, you, you don't have the luxury to even think about the future, to mm-hmm. think about what your child, you know, about their schooling, about what they're going to eat, all of those things. And in the moment, those things can seem overwhelming. Uh, mm-hmm. But big picture... Big picture, they're they very little things that you get to overcome, but they make you better, they make you stronger, they make you more resilient to other things that you'll encounter in life. So I would say hang in there. Mm-hmm. Find a support system. Um, and that could be, you know, th- there's so much, there's so much, there's so many people out there that are willing to help. I think sometimes fear against stigma keeps us um, from seeking out the help. um.
0: Talk yeah. to the community, the stigma, because we talk about the stigma. Talk to the community. Um, Somebody like Kenan and I, who might <laughs> judge someone, yeah. like, what would you tell us?
2: I would say, um, just don't judge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't judge. You, 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 you don't know that person's story. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know how they came to be in that place. You don't know how. <sighs> Just walk with them, mm-hmm. walk by them, pray for them, pray with them. Um, yeah, don't use them as an example <laughs> of mm-hmm. what not to be. Um, I would say, yeah, just just don't judge. Don't judge. You don't know unless you're in someone's story. You really don't know. And in this life, being a woman, you don't know how if you know that how that child came to be, how that person came to be in that situation. Um, If it was consensual, if it wasn't, you know, there's a lot of things that people don't know. And so I would say to the community, just show up um, for that person because I think that's that's when you need community. That's what community is for. It's not for the celebrations. It's not for the graduations Mm -hmm. only. It's for the hard times. It's when you, that's when you need people around you um, to rally behind you and... Yeah. powerful man See, that's powerful
0: yeah. one yeah. more question then we proceed mm-hmm. you talked about loneliness Yeah. and you talked about high school loneliness and and i heard you say that potentially maybe this loneliness mm-hmm. also led to the early preteen pregnancy mm-hmm. and you carried on to college
2: yeah
0: do you think if you would have dealt with or, or somehow i don't know not you but if that mm-hmm. would have been addressed yeah the journey changes or rather, let, let me not ask that. May I, I'm, I'm framing this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just make a point and then we continue. So, the point that I'm making is that when you know you have a struggle, find ways to get that help. I'm not saying that's what well led to that, mm-hmm. but for you, luckily, it's a child. Somebody else will commit suicide oh, because yeah. if they don't find that support system, because that yeah. is something that is actually yeah. bothering them. So, anyhow, so you, you pff, go to labor on Friday. Mm-hmm. Finals Monday Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Walk us from there. How how's that <laughs> journey like? Like that
2: journey is Did you I,
0: did, did you pass those exams?
2: I did. Exactly I, really? I had uh I was oh, on the honors. Sh- <laughs> no, I'll say this and I'm not saying it with pride. I no, was yeah. on the honors list oh, my, my freshman year. I remember my dad getting it in the mail and calling me and saying, hey, this came in the mail, and you, you're on the honors list. You yeah, yeah, literally yeah, made you know, Ezra, straight A's.
1: You know, Ezra cannot relate. But,
2: <laughs> but I will say I don't say that with pride. Yeah. No, because no, no, it, what led to that was I was sacrificing myself mm. for the grades. I was sacrificing myself to prove a point. Mm. To the people around me, to the community, to myself, um, because for the longest time, all I'd had was, you know, you, you, you're going to ruin your life. You know, you, your life is ruined. Yeah. You are ruined. <laughs> you, you will have a hard life. You will not finish school. You will not. You know, you'll never get married. You, you know, all these voices. Um, that were constantly around me and now in my head. And I think I just, I wanted to prove that I wasn't any of those things wow. to myself and to the people around me, but it came to my own detriment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, after that semester, after that year, then I just, I feel like I hit rock bottom mm-hmm. in a sense. Okay. Um, I I remember walking, and I said this to my, to my counselor that I saw that day. Um, I remember walking through campus and just thinking, man, if my son was home at this time, because <laughs> I was in school, but I remember I was like, if I just had my son, and somehow this earth beneath me opened up and literally swallowed me, I would, there would have been nothing more peaceful than that. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I. I was extremely depressed. I was overwhelmed. Um, I was again lonely, extremely lonely. Um, I didn't, as much as I had the support system financially through the college and the guidance with my counselors, I did not have the emotional support system that I needed. Um, I didn't have anyone telling me that I was doing an okay job <laughs> or that I was going to be okay. Um, so I was, I was struggling. I was alone. Um, I was in a lot of emotional pain. But the hardest part, too, was going through that as a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, and I hate to say this, but I, I do, I believe, if I didn't have my son, there's a likelihood that I wouldn't be here today if I went through that similar pain. Um, but because I had him, he kept me alive. Essentially, I stayed alive for him, Mm -hmm. but it was also the hardest thing, thing to do in the same when everything in your, everything in you doesn't want, you know, it's, it's, you're so lonely, you're so tired. I think tired is the word. You're so tired emotionally and mentally that you have nothing to keep you going, but you still have to keep going. Um I think that's yeah. For me, for me that was my rock bottom. Um and I am I'm eternally grateful for my son because he did he did keep me. It it was like the lifeline that I needed to mm-hmm. hold on to. Um, and I would go home, and I would just I would hold him. I would. Oh, I'm sorry, I get no? emotional, sorry. but yeah, sorry. I just I remember talking to him, and he he essentially became my therapist because I <laughs> like, buddy. Um, yeah, we're gonna make it. We will. We'll make it. We'll. We'll do this. Um, and he. Yeah, again, he was that lifeline that I needed um, to get through that. And I just, I think I always had um, a good idea of my emotions and where I was mentally with my mental health. And I could sense that I was not in a good place. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to my school counselor who referred me to a mental health therapist at school. And I was able to... Um, it was a black lady she was older and she essentially became like a second mom to me um, and she was a Christian so she offered that spiritual perspective and um, just that support system that I needed um, and so I was able to see her at least twice a week during this time and slowly I just I started to get more grounded um, and just find, find strength somehow. Um, and I think, I believe it was also tied to just postpartum depression because I've gone through it with my other kids. Um, and so that part, I think just over time as my son got older and I had that support system, that mental health care, I was able to get better and find ways to cope. And I was able to finish um, my bachelor's and graduated. Um, and then went on to get my master's in.
0: I gotta celebrate this. Celebrate <laughs> oh, <laughs> this, that's, 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 right? yeah. that's how we celebrate. <laughs> we don't <Exactly>. clap hands. <laughs> you know. yeah, yeah. I
2: went on to get my master's in um similar field, mental health counseling, um, oh. Rose nice. and Mary's University. Yeah. Nice.
1: We are licensed. Uh,
2: I am not licensed yet. <laughs> that so comes. We'll back. work on that. Yeah, yeah, we'll work on the awesome. licensing piece. But yeah, I did finish. I did practice for a few years as okay. well. Yeah.
0: And this there's a lot of celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I feel like she, f- she she's just skimming through yeah, this. No, know, you know this, we can't rush <laughs> We can't rush you know. She just finished college and masters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. waited even yeah. that. But 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 Kenan what what are you what what is hitting you home? What's hitting me is again it's just that
1: walk. She's walking alone. Mm-hmm. She's finding this uh, strength within herself mm-hmm. somehow to even with suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and ideations, she's and she's pushing through. There's that strength she's finding in her son. Mm-hmm. And again, we always say find that thing that resonates the strength, that thing that gives you makes you wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. For you it was your son. Mm-hmm. What is it for you? Find it and just Push through it, and there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. But you just we still have to do the work. I mean, she had to find a therapist. Yes, she had to talk to someone. She had to open up and be vulnerable to someone, mm-hmm. and just that's those are the steps. You know, we need that's that's all I can. And that's it's beautiful, Nancy. It's mm-hmm.
0: it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to echo what you said. I think when you said you found a therapist and you started seeing one, you know, especially immigrants, people of color, these are things that we die inside by ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't go outsourcing and seeking for, for yeah. those situa- uh, so, I mean, resources out there. So it's a beautiful thing just to know that you in college, those resources are out there, like in your campus, you know, fine. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a teen mom. It could be you're struggling with your classes. It could be you're struggling with acceptance. You know, it could be you're struggling with your values, your faith, you know. Um, whatever it is you're struggling with, don't struggle by yourself. You know, Nancy was able to get that help. And be grounded and, and through that, so just be, so that we don't rush these, Nancy. Yeah. Um. Any 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 moment with because that was freshman year. Mm. You Any moment within this college phase that you are like that moment stands out. You know now yeah. as a mom and and <laughs> all that. Like like how's social life? You no, know, you're like mom. Yeah. How is classes? How is these three four years? You're still in college. Mm-hmm. And by the way. I know what you did for graduate mm-hmm. studies because you said, but I don't know what, you ended up doing biology or pre-med or something? Or pre-med,
2: yeah, okay. so that that definitely does stand out. Um, I did, I continued to, continued on the pre-med track, mm-hmm. uh, but I was also doing a lot of psychology and, okay. um, yeah, more social work classes at the same time, because truthfully that's where my passion was, okay. was in mental health. And so as I continued on the pre-med track, I ended up being selected into this program that was a pilot program by the U of M Medical School and the Mayo Medical School that was called uh, Minnesota Future Doctors. And they selected first generation college students to be part of the pilot program. And we spent three summers going to just shadowing doctors and shadowing students through the medical school. Um, It was, again, those three years was a lot of trying to juggle parenting, trying to juggle school. Again, pre-med track is a lot of, it's a lot of studying, a lot of. Um, tests, a lot of physics and biology and chemistry. So it was stressful. It was a very stressful three years. But um, again, I had, my parents were very supportive as far as it comes to my son. They were always available to watch him. Um, And so I felt as far as my son was concerned, um, his dad and my parents were always there to help, which helped a lot. And as I was on this track, for pre-med, we ended up our last year was a Mayo Clinic where we shadowed, again, the big, fancy Mayo. Like <laughs> It was very fancy, very overwhelming. And the intention of this program was to kind of prep students um, and especially minority students for, to be really good applicants into medical school to be able to have the internship aspect, to have the experience behind them of shadowing doctors, almost like build a resume to get into medical school, mentorship. Um, But I feel like for me, it did the opposite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 Which was also a good thing. I don't know if they intended for that to Mm. be the effect as well. Uh, well, some, some of the other students became more passionate about pursuing medicine. I became less passionate uh, about it, especially being a male. And as it's first class medicine, um, the, 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 it's the best yeah. place to go for a lot of people. But I didn't find I, I saw a big disconnect mm-hmm. between um, the doctors and the patient <laughs> care there. And so for me that wasn't something it was very clinical it was very impersonal mm-hmm. the way the doctors related to the to the patients and it could be that that's just who I happen to shadow mm-hmm. but it really spoke to me as far as what the field would look like what life would look like mm-hmm. as a doctor and again I'm coming into this as a single mom mm-hmm. I have my son at home and so it got me thinking about just do I really want to put in all those, all that time away from my son, the next four years of medicine, um, another three years residency. of residency? Um, and at this time, I was already taking a lot of time from my son, mm-hmm. being away from him to just finish school. So I ended up deciding um, that that's not something I wanted to pursue. Um, oh. Which... <laughs>
0: I, I'm curious to hear how that landed with the yeah. <laughs> community with family. we you and know community family.
2: Yeah, probably. I I want to say, yeah, my dad wasn't too happy. Mm-hmm. He really wasn't. I think he'd. That's where he saw me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what he saw me becoming, and it was hard for him to reconcile with the fact that he felt like I was essentially throwing away an opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And for me, I think at that point, I'd had probably enough therapy, enough time to really sit and um, really think about what was important to me. And my son was important to me, more important to me than anything I would pursue. And yeah, I wanted to be able to provide for him. Um, But I also knew that taking time away from him in that important stage in his life wasn't Away. It was oh. something that I was going to regret. So um, we, can,
1: we can safely assume your dad was he he, <laughs> he accepted that he accepted yeah, it. He did
2: accept yeah. it. He right. came <laughs> to accept yeah. it.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm asking that question lightly, but I think there's some parents who wouldn't, and we've had yeah. stories of kids who've been, you know, this, you know, this fellowship, what, whatever, this the, whatever. Yeah, this. Yeah. Whole, <laughs> <the one. laughs> because of our before yeah. because of our career choice, yeah. you know, our parents see us as this. And they want you to be this. Yeah.
0: But then there's that there's that push for ourselves to be whoever we want to be. Yeah. 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 So I see th- what time is rolling. In, in all fairness, let me defend the parents, but I think because they are parents, the they, want the, the yeah, they, want, they the want the best for They want the best for us, right? But I also want to come back because we are broke. We don't want to be sued. <laughs> I say this. I think Perhaps the program that you entered—that was the goal—is for you to see the life, right? The real life. Able to choose if this what works for you, and somebody else works for them. Uh, But but also realizing that you know most of us go to fields because we've never been exposed to them, and we're not able to make decisions the right way. So these programs are there. Which, in that note, I will ask you to repeat the program for anyone thinking <laughs> of med school. It may work yeah. for them yeah, as yeah, a resource yeah, yeah. for them, yeah, right? Yeah, like so that yeah. they can choose. Mayo is a prestigious, good place for anyone to it be in med school. may want to be doctor. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's focus on <laughs> the past. <laughs> so, what is the name <laughs> of yeah, the program yeah. for, for someone and then we will wind up on, on this note because yeah. we need to build on part two. Yeah. I'm going to give a resource for single mothers briefly and then we'll wind up. Uh-huh.
2: Um, the Program, I believe it's still, it's still running. Um, it's called Minnesota Future Doctors. Um, that's what they called it when I was okay. there.
0: Yeah. All right. So if you're in medical school, you're thinking of going to medical school, you're not sure certain about that program, check it out. Uh, we want also to give resources in our podcast. Also one thing as we wrap up, part one, viewers, listeners, this is part one. If I were you, I wouldn't move for part two. Why would you? Because we haven't even touched in this whole journey and how it goes. But there is a program where I work called Jeremiah, the Jeremiah Program. Mm. What Jeremiah Program offers is support for single moms who want to go to college mm-hmm. and provide uh, college uh, support they will give you a coach who works with you twice a week twice a month to meet with you set up the plans they will if you need housing they work with you to get housing they have some residential apartments that you can if you qualify in those programs you get into those programs you only pay 30 percent of your rent and uh, you do what else they provide child care support so that you can be able to go to school so any single mom out there just like Nancy you might not have a support system like Nancy did and they're looking for somewhere just check it out the jeremiah program jeremiah program and uh well nation- nationwide rochester minnesota minneapolis st paul boston new york everywhere else i'm pitching for my workplace i'm excited <laughs> man so but with that being done and said we just there's a song that's written by some kenyan artists they call themselves Saudi soul and one thing they say is that that child who's born maybe end up being the next Obama, may end up being the next, you know, Mandela. They may end up being the next who. So uh, we're happy for the journey so far, Mm -hmm. but we're curious to learn how you navigated that. That is our time for this episode. We are coming back with part two where Nancy walks us through the next level of our journey. How does she navigate motherhood? She ends up doing homeschooling. How did she land to that? But more so, we're going to hone on a little bit on this mental health and mater- maternal mental health and learn more about it. If I were you again, I will not move, mm-hmm. but tune in for the next one. Mm-hmm. That has been our time here at Amazing Truth Podcast. See you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazing Truth Podcast. We hope you were blessed as you listened. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. God bless you, and see you on the next one.